Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Hour number two today, and welcome to everybody now on the network. And uh, thanks for taking a listen to us on the daily. We certainly appreciate it. Um, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, joining us now on the hotline, our friend from The Athletic. Uh, we're getting to know him far too well in New York, as a matter of fact. Uh, <laughs> joining us now, Zach Rosenblatt. Zach, how you doing? You know, just sitting around and waiting, a feeling that you guys are used to, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen, who's going to blink first. Uh, So give me your perspective on this, because uh, it depends on what perspective, I guess, you have as to who is kind of in the catbird seat and who needs to blink and who needs to move on and all that kind of stuff. So give me your thoughts as to where we're at right now. Yeah, you know, I, you know, there's been obviously a lot of debate about leverage and all that stuff. Um, I'm of the feeling that I don't think... I think either both teams have leverage or neither of them do because I think in a lot of ways they both need to get this done. And I think it's in the interest of both franchises to get this done before the draft in a lot of ways. Um, So ultimately, I don't really know who has the leverage. I know, you know, one side thinks they can get a certain amount. The other doesn't think they should give up that amount. And so I think that's where the stalemate is right now. Uh, I do wonder if when they all get in in the same room in Arizona next week at the owners' meetings, if, if maybe they're able to, to get something done when you can talk to somebody face-to-face because that's a little different than just doing it over the phone this whole time. Well, that, that's a good point. that uh, People don't realize that the owners' meetings are coming up, and uh, at least then you can sit down, maybe break a little bread, and say, okay, what can we realistically do here and how to get this thing done? What do you think? Because on one hand, you get people that say, well, Aaron Rodgers is 39, going to be 40. He's not even sure if he wants to play beyond this year, so it may just be a one-hit wonder. Uh, on the other hand, you got people that say, well, if, uh, you know, he does come to New York, then automatically the Jets can be a Super Bowl contender. So what is a Super Bowl worth? What do you feel Aaron Rodgers is worth in this deal? Yeah, it's such a complicated question. I don't have an amazing answer for you. I, you know, I, because of all the factors and the fact that, you know, if the, if the Packers want a draft pick, they should do it now. And, and the fact that he might only play a year and he's 39 and he, he only wants to go to one team and he can make it difficult for them to do anything with another team and all that stuff. Like, that's why I have a hard time seeing the Jets giving up a first-round pick. But, like, the points you made are fair, too, on the flip side of that, where, all right, well, you don't have any other options at quarterback either, so why, why would we just give them to you for what you want? So I, it, it's, a, it's a tough negotiation. I'm sure they've, you know, keep hitting the same points with each other, and I'm sure they've kind of hit, like, a wall. Uh, and, you know, I think deadlines kind of spur action, and that's why the draft feels like the, the next deadline. But I think for everybody's sake, it makes sense to just get this done and, and, and keep going forward because I think both teams need to go on with their lives. Uh, the Packers made it clear they want to turn to Jordan Love, and getting picks in this draft helps them build a team around him. The Jets want their quarterback in the building, although I, I think, you know, they, they could probably wait a little longer than maybe the Packers can, it, not, not financially, but in terms of, you know, Rodgers doesn't necessarily need to be there for OTAs for this to work out. So um, when it comes to the, the, the bringing in Alan, Alan Lazard, and, you know, I, I don't know what the thought is here, whether or not that's a great signing, a good signing, a bad signing, whatever. Give me your thoughts on all of that. Yeah, you know, I, I think the Jets view him as a, uh, you know, a slight upgrade over what they had in Corey Davis this last season. He's still in their roster, but, I think Corey will either be in the trade or he'll get cut at some point for cap savings. And he, he was Corey was a guy who, while talented, uh, got injured a lot. But they liked him for his leadership, his ability to run block, and he can make some big plays. And he, you know he's a bigger bodied receiver. And I think they view Alan Lazard as you know maybe a more reliable version of what Corey brought to the table. Somebody who's generally healthy, 
he's six foot five. He's a good run blocker, as you guys know, and and he he can make some plays uh, down the field. So I I think they they view it as a slight upgrade and maybe not a significant one, but they they've 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 viewed Alan Lazard as a good fit for what they want to do and what Nathaniel Hackett wants to do on offense. Are they still talking to or talking about bringing in guys like Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, and such? Yeah, I imagine those type of players who you know maybe wouldn't come if Rogers isn't here. Those probably are they're probably waiting out for this to all get resolved. So maybe that takes a little longer. But um, yeah, I, I think that'll happen in pretty short order once 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 the Aaron Rodgers thing is either close to getting resolved or is, and then the, the Jets can turn around and be like, all right, we can sign you guys now. I can't imagine those guys will take more than the veteran minimum to bring in, and and you know Aaron wants them in the building too, so I, I don't think they'll have any issue bringing those guys in. What is the, right now the, the the fan base? What is it like? I mean, is it uh, excited? Is it angry? Is it impatient? What is it? You know, I think Jet fans have been surprisingly patient. I think everybody would like this to just get done already. I know. Anytime I tweet something, I get responses like "announce Aaron Rodgers to the Jets." So I. Uh, I think fans are they're, they're impatient, but I also know that they they fans do believe in Joe Douglas's ability to negotiate trades because historically he's done a good job at that. So I think everybody's just eagerly waiting what the trade's going to look like and then what that means for the rest of the offseason. Because I think more than the impatience with the Rogers trade, the fans have been impatient that the Jets have been kind of quiet in free agency, and I think that's frustrated some people a little bit. But ultimately, if they get the quarterback, that's the biggest addition they had to make this year. And, and once they get that in the room you can feel pretty good about this offseason. What, what is the thought for uh, Joe Namath saying, take my number? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I I think part of it is he knows how miserable Jets fans have been since he left and the lack of success <laughs> they've had at quarterback. And, and, you know, he knows that Rodgers is, you know, probably had a, even a better career than Joe Namath did in terms of numbers and rewards and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I think he sees what Rodgers is and he's, just saying whatever he can to get him into the building kind of thing to, you know, support the Jets fan base that feels like they've been cursed ever since Joe Namath left them. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I get it's been a long time since they've obviously had the opportunity to, to get back and play in a Super Bowl. But, man, I, that's a, that's an iconic number to take off the shelf and say uh, we'll dust it off one time for this guy. Uh, not to say that Aaron Rodgers is not deserving, don't get me wrong. What version of Aaron Rodgers – do you think you're going to get the the version that we saw last year, uh, a little bit nicked up with a, with a broken thumb and uh, had a knee issue down the stretch, uh, coming in with a chip on his shoulder that has the ability to be an MVP, or do you think that uh, Father Time has started to grab him by the ankles? I, I don't think anyone really has an answer to that question because I, you know, last year, even even with the injuries he dealt with last year, his numbers are still better than the Jets have had a quarterback in a long time. But I also think. As you guys know, a motivated Aaron Rodgers is about as scary as any quarterback in the league. You saw what he did after they drafted Jordan Love, went and won two straight MVPs. And, you know, he, he made it pretty clear the reason he's coming back instead of retiring is because he's mad at the Packers, essentially. So um, I don't think motivation is going to be an issue. But, yeah, father time, you know, catches up to you eventually. It eventually even caught up to Brady. I think at the end, Brady wasn't quite the same player, but he was pretty good. And so you wonder at what point does the – does it turn and start to look like maybe it was last year that there was the finger issue and all the other stuff Rogers was dealing with. So I, I don't think they're concerned about what he's going to bring to the table. Even if he's on the decline, I still think Rogers on the decline is better than a lot of quarterbacks. So I don't, I don't think there's a lot of concern in the Jets building. Just without Rogers. I mean, how excited is it? it are Jets fans like Nathaniel Hackett? I, he was, he was a complete failure as a head coach out in Denver, but pretty solid with Matt LaFleur and that offense in Green Bay. Are they excited to get him in the building? Are they skeptical? I think there was some skepticism prior to the Rodgers stuff. I think the fact that Rodgers will be 
in theory, his quarterback has helped it a little bit. But, you know, ultimately I think fans have, have soured pretty heavily on, on Michael Floor, who was their offensive coordinator last year. And, you know, they parted ways. And I think by the end of the year, their offense had become pretty predictable and, and pretty easy to stop. And they weren't scoring. They were kind of holding this team back. So I think, you know, they were open to change and hack it, you know, for as bad as it was in Denver last year, he had some success in Green Bay. And I think, I think everybody's kind of open to the possibility that could be, it could be a lot better this year. Hey, uh, the the other question when it comes to uh, when it comes to the coaching side of things. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Nathaniel Hackett is going to be solely the play caller, correct? Yeah, which will be the first time in a while that that's been the case. Obviously, yeah. Okay, uh, that was one of my questions, and then the next is, you know, I mean, we know that Rodgers knows that system, so we know Lazard knows that system. Is the expectation that if Rodgers does get traded, that Rodgers will be there for the? Because that was the big thing here was he just didn't seem to be all in. He's already scheduled a uh, to be the keynote speaker for a hallucinogenic convention coming up <laughs> in June. So, I, I mean, are are they expecting him to be all in? That if they go in on this deal and they make this trade, that he is there for everything, or? Has the Jets front office said anything about any of that? No, I don't think they've gotten that far down the road. I think once they get the trade done, that'll be a discussion. I, I do think they're pretty open to letting Rodgers kind of dictate how he wants to do this. But I, I know that they are cultivating this offense around what they know Aaron likes to do, what Nathaniel Hackett knows Aaron likes to do, and combining that with you know Hackett's tendency as a play caller plus what Salah wants to do from the San Francisco schemes. I think you're going to see a mixture of a lot of things, but ultimately it's going to be Aaron Rodgers' show at the end of the day. Uh, I find the whole thing uh, extremely fascinating. So uh, at what point do you think this whole deal gets done? Do we look at the timeline of the NFL draft and say just a, a couple of days before the draft this thing finally gets done, or do you think it's going to happen sooner than that? Yeah, I'd say if it doesn't happen by the owners meeting the next week, then the draft would be the next date to look for, even if it's right up until the day of the draft. I think you're going to – you're going to see who's going to try and win the game of chicken. And I don't think it benefits either team to wait beyond the draft. Real quick, uh, when Rodgers comes to New York, on the pantheon of those that are stars in New York now, and that is a big pond, where would Rodgers rank? I mean, in terms of star power, I, I think he'd rank number one, honestly. I think he's going to be the talk of the town. I think the tension, is, the tension usually is on the Giants, and the Jets are kind of in the background. I think that's going to change. You're going to see Rodgers' dating life all over the, the pages of the New York Post and the Daily News, and he's going to be the guy that everybody's talking about on sports radio, and everybody's going to listen to Pat Max be like, he's going to be the number one topic of conversation in New York, even over anybody in the Yankees, the Knicks, the Nets, all that stuff. So I, it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out and how he handles the added attention. Good stuff, man. I appreciate it, Zach. When it all goes down, we'll touch base again, okay? All right, sounds good. Thanks, man. Thanks, pal. There you go. Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic uh, is where you can read his stuff. He covers the New York Jets. But in the Pantheon, he believes he's going to be the biggest star. I mean, when you talk about some of the stars that they have in New York, and they have stars, Rodgers would be then the biggest in New York. I'd have to think Joe Judge might be a little bit bigger than that. Aaron Judge. Or Aaron Judge, I'm sorry. Aaron, not Joe Judge. Oh, my God. How about Rogers dating Aaron life Judge. around New York? Right? Can't wait for that. Um, yeah, that'll be that'll be a lot of exposed stuff there, so to speak. Uh yeah, I don't and and here's the thing is I never really paid too much attention. I mean, other than when it was brought up, I never paid too much attention to to the dating life, so to speak. But right now there isn't anybody, correct? I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not that I really pay that much attention, but I, I don't think there is right now. 
I don't think there's anybody in the uh, the dating situation when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. So I mean, I'll tell you this: he's not going to be able to leave his Manhattan apartment or wherever they put him without uh, a trail of paparazzi following him around. He'll uh, certainly appreciate the an- anonymity he had here in uh, Green Bay, no doubt about that. Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670-877-867-1671. Hit us up. Hey, this portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Pella has always, always good, uh, I don't want to say good deals because that makes it sound cheap, uh, but uh, when it comes to financing options, it's, they have something for everybody, uh, whether it's the vinyl windows, the impervia, which is stronger than fiberglass, the wood. Uh, you can do the curb appeal side of things and say, hey, I'm getting ready to sell my home. I want to add value and curb appeal to my home. Reason to do it. I want to make my house more economical. Reason to do it. I want to make my house more secure. Biggest reason to do it right there. I mean, I, the money aspect of it's great, but when you go to bed at night and lay your head on your pillow and you know you're safe and sound and you're locked in and the only way anybody's getting in if they come crashing through with a car, that's it. Uh, our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin got it going on. Go to Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. And you can see the different deals that they have right now and the different financing they have right now, whatever may suit you, all the innovations like the roll screen, the hidden screen, the slider windows, different hardwares, interior, exterior, you name it. Call them as well, 855-PELLA-WI. Schedule the free, yes, free, in-home consultation. No obligation. You just want to take a look at it, have them look around your house, tell you what it's all worth. Uh, tell you what it's uh, going to cost and how much it's going to save, all that kind of good stuff, check out our friends at Pella. Go to P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com, or call them, 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program, hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show. Looking forward to after the program today. Going to go fill up over a quick trip and uh, make the jaunt out to our uh, parent company out in Madison today for some meetings. So today is the uh, quick trip dinner. Either one of the take-home meals or uh, just grabbing a couple of those uh, terrific cheeseburgers and uh, the sweet tea and uh, doing it as I drive. Quick Trip is the best. I love Quick Trip, but I got to fill up too. So I'm uh, going to head out for a Quick Trip today. Always, whenever you're stopping into Quick Trip, use that Quick Rewards card. Do like I do. Every now and then, maybe I'll go to the uh, maybe I'll go to the counter today and say, "Hey, one of those cheeseburgers is free." Oh God, I can't wait. Can't wait. Good stuff from our friends over there at Quick Trip. 877-867-1670. For those of you that want to chime in, let's get back to the phone calls. Market Plunger joining us uh, on the program. How you doing today, man? What's going on? Doing well, doing well. Um, I did not know that Lamar Jackson and, and his mother are his own agents. Um, yes. He, he better be careful. He's going to be looking at not just a not 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 coming back with the Ravens, but but uh, other teams not going to want to deal with him and, and get a really bad contract. The uh, you know that I'm all for people being their own agent, but when when you are in kind of a fight with the team you are negotiating, you're doing yourself a disservice, letting your bias come into play. And I'm, I'm sure that's, that's probably uh, hurting them right now. You know, if you're mad at somebody and you want to negotiate, that's not, it's better to have a neutral party do it. 
Um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, the the Rogers. Let's see with Rogers. The uh, yeah, I I don't think he was going to come back. Or I mean, I think even if you would have said yes, I, I think financially they looked at it and said it's time to go. Um, you know, I I I always hear the. I don't know if he's a hundred percent in, but as far as I know, with Rogers, he's either all in or he's not in at all. There is no halfway. Um, well, I think what they're looking for is not necessarily all in. I mean, during the season, yeah. I mean, he wants to win. He wants to work hard. He wants to to, to hopefully bring home a championship. But I think when they talk about all in, will you be at the uh, OTAs? Will you be at the mini camps? Like right, right now, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Aaron Jones, a bunch of them are going out to a quarterback camp to work out with to with Jordan Love. Now, they've seen Jordan Love for the last three, four years. They know what yeah. he's all about. But they yeah. want to continue to work with him because they want to get all in sync and really kind of work together at growing a relationship. That's not something Aaron Rodgers was willing to do. So, to no, me, he, that's the difference you know, between all in. You know the answer to the OTA question. He ain't going. <laughs> right. So, yeah, but I, I don't think there was, you know, I, I, I think last year they really thought they had a chance. They, You know, obviously they should have traded him last year if they were going to do it, but but I think they really thought they had a chance. And this year, looking at what they had, they just, you know, I, I don't think they wanted to play around with the we, – we wasted a first-round pick on this guy, and now he's just going to walk away from us. I, uh, you know, I, right. I, I don't think they wanted to do that. And, and uh, rightly so, that's not something you, that's very wise to do if you're going to go ahead and draft somebody and all of a sudden just let him go. I mean, that's right. <laughs> foolish. So I, no, I don't I, think – I understand that. Yeah, if they would have won a Super Bowl, even I think they would have said, right, you know, we're moving on. Hard not. To. If they want to, if they want to, would have won a Super Bowl, I think Rogers retires, and it's an easy 100%. answer. Yeah, he would have been gone. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. doubt that at all. Appreciate the phone call, Market. Uh, there you go, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. I think it's a whole. If they would have won a Super Bowl, it's a whole different conversation. Because Rodgers has always wanted to go out with the Lombardi Trophy in his hand, held high, and just like John Elway did. I, he's referenced it a couple of times in his career. And to go out like that, that would have been this past season would have been the ultimate. No doubt about it. The fact that the season not only did they did they not hoist a Lombardi Trophy, they didn't even make the postseason, and the whole season. Um, and because of the thumb injury, I guess we can even say that was due in part. Now, you know, people will point to the Cowboys game and he was on fire. He dissected whether it was motivation, whatever you want to call it. He dissected the Cowboys. So was the thumb bad then, or was it not bad then? Or was it feeling better? Did it, did he get, get it shot up then? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe one day he'll, he'll explain, but on one hand, you can say the thumb bothered him. On the other hand, you can say, well, in that game, it didn't. Was it every other game that he didn't play well? Or was it the fact that guys got open, he trusted guys, he didn't trust guys? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what clicked in that game as opposed to others. Was it the motivation of beating Mike McCarthy, you know, at home, even though he said, you know, what a great, uh, to, to show the love and all, we keep hearing the word love over and over again for Mike McCarthy, yet, uh, you know, I... There's a lot of rumors and innuendos about Rogers' commitment to McCarthy versus the commitment to the team versus the commitment to himself when McCarthy's days were numbered. So I mean, I don't know. I I I, I don't even venture a guess at all of that. But a motivated Rogers is a hell of a player. But I don't. I don't know what made him good in that game and didn't make him good in others and. 
I, I couldn't tell you. I don't I don't have that that crystal ball sitting in front of me that was able to tell you. Travis says, great show today. I feel it's very important to get the Jets' first-round pick with Dalton Schultz signing with the Texans and Tanyan gone to the Bears. The Packers need to spend a top pick on a tight end, and the second first-round pick is key. I believe that they should take a tight end and a wide receiver with the first couple of picks, but it's uh, it's the pack, and they won't. We know it. Um, I want the Packers to take the best available player. And I know that's easy to say, okay? And I know that may not be popular. But when we were talking earlier about, like, Jalen Carter and about where he would fall, you know, now, as, uh, you know, Ben was telling me, and, and I mentioned, but, you know, if he would have went to jail, he's not going to jail. He he went down, surrendered. They're going to work out all these legal, you know, issues. But now it's whether or not a team will take him. There is rumors that the Lions like him and may go get him. Can you imagine? Just think about that for a minute. Let's let's pause here for a second. Can you imagine being Jordan Love and in the division you're going to face the Detroit Lions? And if the Detroit Lions, who last year, remember, they took Aiden Hutchinson, who played pretty well. And if you put another big body on that defensive front, and you take Jalen Carter, and you mix him in with McNeil and and that group, and Aiden Hutchinson, can you imagine how much better their defense will be? And in addition to that, the fact that uh, they picked up Emmanuel Mosley, uh, they picked up, uh, who else was the other, the strong safety they picked up from Philadelphia, Ben? C.J. Garner-Johnson. That Garner-Johnson, you're right, they, they picked him up. As I say, they've, with enthusiasm. Right. They've fortified or at least strengthened their secondary, which was one of the weaknesses. Can you imagine if they get Jalen Carter, too? That defense goes from giving it up to being dominant. You would assume. Be like, wow. That would be, uh, that would be poof, fortified. They have DeAndre Swift. At, they did lose Jamal Williams, but they have DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery. David Montgomery from Chicago. DeAndre Swift, who they chose uh, in the uh, second round a couple of years ago. So they I, they would be, again, with Dan Campbell, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, and Aaron Glenn would have some more guys to work with on that defense. Boy, does Detroit just very quietly just keep climbing keep grinding and get themselves to the top spot in the NFC or in the uh, NFC North. Oof. So I, cause I was hoping that because of the legal issues, Jalen Carter would fall and you could take then Jalen Carter. If you get the jets 13th pick, take Jalen Carter. He would be the best available player hands down if he would still be around. And then at 15, you can take, you know, whomever you can take a wide receiver, you can take a tight end, uh, whatever you, you can fortify. I, I love in and I really believe he'll be there. I know a lot of people are high on Michael Meyer, the tight end of Notre Dame. Uh, but then you can also go in the direction of say, pick up uh, a starting tackle. Darnell Wright, the big offensive tackle out of Tennessee is a guy that people will believe uh, people believe will be there. There's Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah, that'll be there. There's uh, well, who's the other wide receiver um, 
that's uh, going to be there right around 20. Uh, Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of Boston College, they believe will be there as well. So there's there's going to be some some players that are there that the Packers are going to have a choice to take. You just got to say a novena, man, and a couple of prayers and Hail Marys that they choose the right guys that come in and, and especially if they end up with, like I said, the two first-round picks. Uh, there And at that point in time, Broderick Jones, another Georgia connection, big offensive tackle. They could go in that direction. They could go in that direction. So, I, you know, there's there's plenty there. It depends on what you want to fortify. I would love to see them get Jalen Carter to see him fall and have the Packers get Jalen Carter defensively and then get Njigba on the offense. Because your offensive line, short of depth, is kind of set. So it's not imperative to get a tackle. If it's the best available, it's the best available. But it's not imperative. But I'd love to see them fortify two big-time positions, help their defense, help their offense with those two picks. I, I think that would be fantastic. I really do. 877-867-1670. Um, go ahead, Ben. It's also, I mean, let's be honest. I, someone, so like Carter's concerns have to do with the fact that there's the incident when um, two people died in the racing, and then he's also mm-hmm. been pulled over other times for going like 90 and 30 mile an hour, 40 mile an hour right. zones. It's that. I would say, generally speaking, being in Green Bay would be better than going to somewhere like Vegas, right? Oh, yeah. Kind of like we saw with rugs. So they are in a unique situation, I believe, that if if that is the issue, that is the red flag, aside from the fact that he showed up 15 pounds overweight to his pro day, which is another whole issue. um, Right. But I think the Packers would be better equipped to, say, deal with it, in my opinion. Uh, that I would agree with. If and again, this is this could be a guy, uh, and I hate to make this comparison, but when Cletus Hunt came into the Packers organization, he was early on in his career tenacious. He just was. He got after it, and he earned his contract. And then the minute he got his contract, you knew it was done. You knew it was over. He was never going to work a day in his life again. He was just going to keep playing it out getting paid until they cut him loose. He just was. Because he came, that, I'll never forget, that year he showed up, he had a Hummer, he had like diamond-encrusted spinners on his Hummer, he had diamonds embedded in his teeth. I mean, just like extravagant crazy, like goofy, you know. And he, I, I remember asking him one time, he came on the post-game show, I said, why, what, you know, we're sitting there off mic, and I said, why, why would you do that? What? I said, it looks cool, but why'd you do that? And he said, that's the reason. Now, he didn't say it in those words, but it was basically because, you know, he's, he's uh, how did he, um, I'm the king of my boys or something like that. And I thought, okay. He's worried more about impressing his friends uh, from the past than he is about, you know, working his tail off to become a great defensive tackle. And that was it. That was it, man. He got paid. Never saw a day of work from him again. It was just, it was nothingness. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and give us a shout. Uh, Coming up, we're going to be talking with our guy, uh, Mike Clemens. He's going to be joining us, and uh, Mike's going to come on and talk the next couple of segments about uh, compensation and draft and all that kind of stuff. 
uh, for uh, Aaron Rodgers and the whole saga. So we're going to talk with Mike coming up next. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends out there at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. If you're going to go out tonight and you're going to head out to, to Lake Country, going to go out into the Pewaukee area. I already talked about uh, Sunset Grill. Right up the road is Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill which is also a terrific sports bar. Ryan just took it over, just uh, got the official paperwork, and it's his now. It's his bar. He's been running it for a long time, but now it's his. Go in and support uh, one of our longtime supporters, and that's Ryan Garner and his entire staff, and they have great food. But a terrific place to go and watch games, just relax and enjoy. That is Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Mike Clements, up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 